So, Rachel. Yeah? The Enterprise is set to investigate the destruction of Federation outposts near space controlled by the Romulan Star Empire, discovering a derelict Earth satellite with cryonically frozen humans aboard. Khan! What do you think you're going to get? One of the cryos is sexy and tries to get it on with Riker, let's see. Mm -hmm. Picard and the Romulan will have a Shakespeare off and a battle in space. Mm -hmm. Bev will work hard to save an old friend. (laughs) I mean, sure. Why not? Rachel watches Star Trek. First officer's log, Stardate 41986.0. We are awaiting the return of Captain Picard, who was summoned to Starbase 718 for an emergency conference. Meanwhile, our sensors have been monitoring an ancient capsule floating in our vicinity, which appears to be from Earth. Welcome to Rachel Watches Star Trek. I'm Rachel Lackey. And I am her loving husband, Chris Lackey. If you haven't listened to the show before, what I was doing just then was trying to guess what this episode will be about because I haven't seen it before. I haven't seen any of these before. No, this is all brands making new to Rachel. These episodes at least, but Star Trek is no longer new to you. You have watched the original series. You've watched the animated series. You've watched the original cast movies. I'm becoming a veteran. You are really becoming a veteran. And now we are finishing up the first season of The Next Generation with this episode entitled Neutral Zone. And it goes out with a bang. Yeah, it does. Yeah, let's get into it. It begins with the Enterprise hanging out in space while Picard is off at some conference, as they... (laughs) As they tend to do. Often do. Can't do these things on Zoom. (laughs) It's nice to have the personal connection, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And the buffet. And the buffet is outstanding. They found an old Earth vessel that's still functioning headed out to a system where it will be destroyed. Data persuades Riker to let him go over and study it since they have to wait for Picard to come back anyway. He's just so curious. Yeah. Data and Worf discover the ship is on its last leg, but they find it was a cryonics arc from the late 20th century. Most of the pods have failed and have skeletons inside, but three have not. Is it weird that the ice is on the outside of the capsules, not on the inside? Yeah... Good question. What's I, I, going on with that? Yeah. You wouldn't mm. think there would be any moisture to freeze in the environmental controls where the yeah. bodies are being held. It does seem a bit odd now that you point it out. Hmm. Data requests that the three people be brought back to the Enterprise. They're not alive as such, but they're frozen and in good condition. Yes. Yeah. I don't know if he knows at this point that they're not officially alive because they don't mm. say that till later. Bev's like, yeah, they were dead. Right. So he might just think they're in cryo sleep. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. It's hard to tell at this point. When Picard returns, he orders Geordi to plot in a course to the neutral zone between the Federation and Romulan space. Mm-hmm. And Riker looks a bit uncomfortable because he's allowed Data to go, but told Data you've got to be back by the time Picard comes back. Yeah. And he's not. Mm. Picard explains that a few Federation outposts on the border have been destroyed or they've lost communication with them. I don't know if they've actually mm-hmm. know they've been destroyed yet. The Enterprise has been set to investigate. They point out that they haven't had contact with the Romulans in almost 50 years. Whoa. Yeah. So Riker and Worf advise Picard to be ready for a fight, but Picard is being very cautious. Oh, so none of them have ever met or spoken to a Romulan. No. Down in Sick Bay, Bev has thawed out the three people and they're now alive. They were in cryogenic sleep, but they actually had died back in the 20th century, frozen at the point of death to be revived later. And cryonics is a real thing that Mm. exists now, but the science is dubious at best. There are a few people and organizations that have frozen people's bodies. 
typically just their heads Ooh, wow. get frozen Ooh, yeah. and they think that they'll be able to bring them back at some point when you could grow a new body for a person whoa, whoa. and transfer your brain into a new body or be able to scan the brain on a molecular level, not unlike trans reality, wow. like my graphic novel. Well, yeah, which you realized had been inspired by this somehow. Yes. From watching it as a child. Yes, I will I'll bring that up when we get to our concepts. Yeah, or you can just go into a cryonics chamber like Marky Mark just for a little bit of a <laughs> top up to your physique, <laughs> self care. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Picard tells Dr. Crusher to wake the woman, and they do. And she seems happy to see Bev and then looks over at Picard and seems happy still. And then she looks at Worf and she faints. (laughs) How rude. As if you would. There's all sorts of different looking people that she'll have come across. And you don't gawp even, never mind faint when you see somebody who's a bit deformed. She won't know he's an alien. No. She'll just think he's got a really weird forehead. (laughs) (laughs) Don't go around fainting when you see unusual people walking past you, do you? No. It's true. <laughs> yeah. She has been through a lot, of course. Maybe her. Yeah. she had very low blood pressure from yeah. coming out of her, well, being brought back from the dead for her. <laughs> well, yeah. Picard whispers to her as she's passed out, welcome to the 24th century. <laughs> Picard then tells Data off for bringing them aboard. You could have just left them there dead. Now we've got to deal with them. And we've got the whole Romulan thing going on. <laughs> That's funny, isn't it? It is pretty funny, yeah. Kind of unlike Picard, but amusing it's one of those things where you know they were dead you've decided to bring some people back to life which is (laughs) kind of crazy which was their intention but is that what we're doing out here do we bring people back from the dead if they're dead if we can (laughs) is that something we do yeah maybe they should have had a little meeting about it before bev did that yeah that's odd yeah well they were saying that the cryopods were fragile and falling apart and Mm. that they might just break so they only had half an hour left after 400 years. Well, they transported them over. So in the transporting, it might have messed things up. Yeah. So, you know, I think if you could bring somebody back from the dead, do it. Pretty rad. I think it's pretty awesome. But there are repercussions to that. And we'll, we'll, we'll get see. into that. Yeah. Data gives us an info dump on the three oldsters from the files on their cryo ship. The humans are Claire Raymond. She's 35 years old, homemaker. <laughs> and then they have a little joke about like... Was she in construction? Yeah, that's what Data thinks. So presumably that's not a thing anymore and hasn't been for quite a while. Uh, Ralph Offenhaus, 55, a financier, and LQ Sonny Clemens, age unknown musician. (laughs) Dr. Crusher says that Claire died of an embolism. Ralph died of advanced cardiomyopathy. A heart attack? I think so. And Sonny died from massive chemical abuse. Emphysema and liver failure. Yeah. So he was a heavy smoker and drinker, it sounds like. Yep. A hedonist. And she's cured all that in minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Stuff that was fatal at the time is now easily fixable. Starfleet medicine is so (laughs) willy-nilly. It works really well until it doesn't. (laughs) And does this mean you can go out boozing and smoking as much as you want in this century? I don't know. I guess maybe. They just don't. They just don't do it. With them all awake, Riker and Data are trying to fill them in on what's going on. Basically, they're not giving them too many details because they're trying to ease them into all this new information. Freak them out. But we find out that the year is officially 2364. So that's the first time in NextGen that we actually get a year. And I think think Data at one point earlier said he was from the class of 77, which doesn't quite make any sense because that would be 2277. Well, don't expect them to keep track or have read any previous scripts. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The woman, Claire, doesn't get what's going on. 
but she's calm. Offenhouse, the poor man's Martin Landau, was a rich dude who wants to know where his money is. It's all about the money, 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 money. Oh, yeah, he's really annoying, isn't he? Yeah. They do well making him into yeah. a villainous He's a, I want to talk guy. to the manager yeah. type. Oh, he's the worst. <laughs> and Sonny is a Southern guy who just kind of rolls with it. He's just psyched he gets to drink all the booze and feel all the asses again before people get sick of him and his liver fails. <laughs> <laughs> Got a second run at it. Oh, boy. He's very unlikable. Well, yeah. I'm not really buying him as a musician. I presume he's a country one, is he? I think, yeah, I think yeah. that's a fair, a fair assessment. Offenhouse demands to speak to the captain and Riker blows him off as they are about to go into the neutral zone. Meanwhile, Riker, Worf, Data and LaForge have a meeting with Picard. They all advise Picard to be ready to fight the Romulans. They think they're being tested to see how advanced their tech is now. Cheeky a-hole Offenhouse calls in on the comm panel, which he's seen Riker do earlier, uh -huh. pissing Picard off. So Picard storms over, whereupon Offenhouse demands to see his attorney and doesn't seem to understand that his privilege is gone. Yeah. I'm Captain Picard. Excellent. Now, maybe we'll be able to get some things straightened out. We may indeed. Those comm panels are for official ship business. Well, if they're so important, why don't they need an executive key? Aboard a starship vessel, that is not necessary. We are all capable of exercising self-discipline now. You will refrain from using them. Now, just a minute. We are in a very serious and potentially dangerous situation. I'm sure whatever it is seems very important to you. But my situation is far more critical it's oh. hammy, it's over the top, but I love it. <laughs> yeah. No, he's doing it right. You've seen these people before. Mm. Wanting to talk to the manager. <laughs> My life is way more important than yeah. anything you've got going on. Of course. And he couldn't be any more wrong. But he doesn't yeah. know it. And nobody's telling him yet at this point. Like, mm. dude, there's no money anymore. People don't use money. You're, yeah. All that stuff is gone. They will. But they're, yeah. They're going to ease him into it because I guess it's going to be a pretty big shock. Yeah. He's a stereotype, but it works to it have works. So, such entertaining extremes going yeah. on. He looks down on Picard as a military person who doesn't have much chance for advancement in his eyes and whose assets are nowhere near as important as his. Picard says, hey, money's not a thing anymore. You're just like the rest of us, so should it? Heck, it's a great interaction, this. Let's just play another clip. Okay. A lot has changed in the past 300 years. People are no longer obsessed with the accumulation of things we have eliminated hunger, want, the need for possessions. We've grown out of our infancy. You've got it all wrong. It has never been about possessions. It's about power. Power to do what? To control your life, your destiny. That kind of control is an illusion. Really? I'm here, aren't I? I should be dead. But I'm not. Mm -hmm. mm. Good to see Picard getting annoyed with somebody. Yeah. <laughs> Rightly so. He's got a point that his money did get him there, and that's power. But now he has to adapt to a world where he has equal power to others, and his money won't buy him power, or indeed friends, I imagine. Uh -huh. I think it's going to be very popular. Yeah. Claire interrupts all this by crying about her sons. That's more or less all she does the whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> that's her character. And we've got Hannah Louise Shearer back writing again oh, a female right. character with no characteristics oh boy is she supposed to be awful too in some way or is she no. the heart of it i think she's supposed to be the heart i think she's supposed to be the person that cares about her family and that yeah. family is important to her and when you're 
cryogenically frozen and you come back online. What's you don't, it all for if you've why? not got your family? Yeah, if you don't have your family and there's no point to it. As a homemaker, her family was her obsession or was her yeah. her purpose. Yeah. I mean, I would feel that way. And, oh, and, goodness. And I think, like I, you were saying earlier, w- watching this episode, I think really inspired me to write trans reality because that's mm. what it's about. I mean, obviously, it's a male protagonist and not a female, but it's somebody who had a family and that wakes up in this future where they don't have their family anymore. They've got to make their own family or new yeah. family. Yeah. And one of them's a gorilla. And one of them's a gorilla. <laughs> Picard wisely calls for Troy to help. Claire. Uh, and Troy's actually on the ship for a change, <laughs> although she's not used to help decipher the Romulans' intentions later. Troy quickly gives up on listening and gets on the computer to find out what happened to Claire's family. I think she understands that her priority is her family, so like, yeah. let's help her get some understanding of what happened and what's going on and yeah. and learn about her situation because right now she's just lost and confused. Would you say as a therapist that was a good thing to do? <laughs> well, to be fair, Claire hasn't come for therapy. She hasn't asked for it. She, <laughs> she probably true. would rather have a practical yes. piece of help. Yeah. Sunny is harassing Bev for some uppers and downers and yeah. she says, no, you have no medical need. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. I don't love him squeezing her bum on his way out and then her being shocked but shrugging it off with a much obliged. <laughs> oh, the 80s. It's pretty rough. And obviously this was made in the 80s because I think if this show was done now. She'd suck he, it to him. Yeah. Well, he said to her, you're the prettiest little doctor I've ever seen. And mm. then he pats her on the butt as he walks away. And she goes, much obliged. I think she would have gone, no, we do not (laughs) do that here. Yeah. This is the 24th century. That would have been nice (laughs) if she had (laughs) chastised him at least. So Sonny is obsessed with data for some reason. It feels groomy. Like he's taking advantage of little data's innocence (laughs) and curiosity. It could be. Like, yeah, that guy, I can get him to party with me. Yeah. Because that's what he's looking to do. He wants to get drunk and hang out. He literally says, let's get a party going. Yeah. Is it just because Data gave him a martini earlier from the replicator? It could be. Or maybe he's just kind of fascinated by Data. Yeah. I, honestly, if I was there and Data You'd was hanging out... You'd want to party with him, wouldn't I you? I want to talk to Data. Yeah. I want to talk to the android. That's true. Well, Sonny would have loved the Naked Now episode. He's, he's too late. <laughs> <laughs> These guys are not really up for a party. No. They reach the neutral zone and find that a number of outposts have been destroyed with no evidence of conventional weapons or attack. It seems as if the whole outpost has just been scooped up. Oh, yeah. and then what? They don't know. And it's gone? It's gone. It's not been exploded or vaporized or anything. It's just been taken. Ooh, and this is one of those that they'll drop and we'll never hear from again, presumably. Well, what this was going to be was a way to bring the Borg. I think they show up in the second season, but we don't really have them be main baddies until the third season. Yeah. And this was going to be kind of the introduction to them. But later on, it doesn't really make sense to the story because the Borg they're not actually close to the Romulan Federation space but I think they retcon that with a later Voyager episode I could be wrong maybe it was another one of the Star Trek shows where it was a Borg ship that got into one ship that got to that area but then somehow had a problem and couldn't get back to the other Borg you know it, oh, it, it's man. sort of complicated but that's what they it's were going to do it's been a while it. since I wish I'd never asked but <laughs> it's a familiar <laughs> feeling now now I recall it <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, I did ask. Riker and Worf urge Picard to go to Red Alert in battle stations, but Picard is, again, being cautious. He's like, we don't want to look like we're here for a fight. We're just doing some recon. 
Offenhaus notices the tension level on the ship has jumped up. Is it part of, is he a poker player or something or a trader? Yeah, I guess he just can read people in a yeah, way. That's yeah, that's a cool detail yeah. to include. Yeah. He heads for Picard, determined that he's going to be the one to solve all this, manages to work the turbo lift and get to the bridge. Get him off my bridge, says Picard. But the guards just get distracted and stand there holding Offenhaus at the yeah. door because just then the Romulan the Derridex class vessel decloaks right in front of them on the view screen. So do you like the new Romulans? They did look poised and mm-hmm. menacing. Yeah. I like their outfits. We've still got the sash, which is good to see. Yeah. I think they had the kind of houndstooth thing, and this time they've got more of a quilted silver, mm. big sleeved yeah. one. And one of them was looking out from under his eyebrows. So he looked, you know, very... <laughs> imposing they've yeah. got the cool haircuts yeah yeah i'm into it they have um forehead ridges and the old ones they didn't all right and that gets retconned later as well because it's a big empire there's different types of aliens within the empire so there's two different romulans oh, that's just too much however in next gen all you see is the romulans with the puppy foreheads they're trying to make them look less vulcan i think so even though they do say that they are related to Vulcans. Mm -hmm. They bring that up quite a bit. The Romulans reveal that their outposts have been destroyed the same way the Federation's outposts have been destroyed. And Offenhouse chimes in that the Romulans don't know who did it, but they're too arrogant to ask. This guy's better than Troy, (laughs) isn't he? So complex, this story. It's Yeah, it is. They begrudgingly agree to cooperate as both sides investigate. Mm. Then we get this. Captain Picard. Because your actions are those of a thoughtful man, I'll tell you this. Matters more urgent caused our absence. Now, witness the result. Outposts destroyed, expansion of the Federation everywhere. Yes, we have indeed been negligent, Captain, but no more. Commander, we've made some progress here. Let's not ruin it with unnecessary posturing. Your presence is not wanted. Do you understand my meaning, Captain? We are back. Ooh, that's good, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Good cliffhanger as we approach the end. Mm-hmm. And the stakes are up for season two. Presumably they knew they had a season two at this point. Yes, they did. Yeah. Yeah. Troy helps Claire locate a living descendant who looks just like her husband, creepily, but is her great, 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 etc. grandson. So obviously they haven't had much of a strong gene pool to draw from (laughs) in the intervening (laughs) generations. Claire has no family, so she's just going to have to show up on this guy's doorstep and start there. Yeah. Imagine that. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Like, it was so nice to have a new family member when your new cousin Dean got in touch. But imagine if he was from the past and he had to just make do with us. That would suck for him, wouldn't it? (laughs) If we were all we Or just uh, trying to find people with your interests. Mm -hmm. Like, the things you might have been interested in aren't around anymore. Well, yeah. How do you bond over anything? Yeah. Usually, I mean, she would probably have lots of friends who had kids her kid's age, that whole social circle, being part of the school, and that's just all gone. wonder yeah. if she could still have more kids. The eggs have been frozen too. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Well, if she's alive, I wouldn't see why not. But yeah. I mean, would you want to have kids again after something like that? Yeah, and with whom? Not her great, 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 great grandson. <laughs> oh, well, well, not 
not really related, are they? Yeah, that's pretty far. <laughs> yeah. Genetically that's a bit speaking. Much so, isn't it? But he does look like her husband. But then again, <laughs> she didn't seem to have liked her husband that much <laughs> from a few things she said. Yeah. So we end with this. But they'll benefit from the extended time it'll allow them to acclimate before returning to Earth. It's a pity we can't take them there ourselves. Having them on board is like a visit from the past. That would take us in the wrong direction. Our mission is to go forward. And it's just begun. Set velocity. Warp six, Mr. LaForge. Aye, sir. Warp six. There's still much to do. Still so much to learn. Miss LaForge. Engage. And Picard does a little hand graspy thing with Engage this time. <laughs> Just, you know, he knew he was topping off the whole yeah, season. Yeah, it was the season top off. Really nicely done. This is the last episode we see of Beardless Riker. Excellent news. Yes, and also uh, Worf and Jordy in the red uniforms. They oh. are in yellow uniforms next season. Is Worf going to get his longer, better hairdo? Uh, boy, does he get it next season? Or I think it's maybe the season afterwards. We'll gets... see. I don't know what Riker's on, thinking he'd be interested to hang out with those people for longer. Maybe he fancies her or just really wants a party. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it would be really interesting to talk to somebody from 300 years ago. I guess he is into his 20th century stuff, isn't he? Yeah. 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 But just to, you know, to see how they look at things, we would have language barriers and mm. English 300 years ago was pretty different than it is now. Mm. And just the way of life and obviously there's still slavery and you know, people's viewpoints of the world were very different. So it would be interesting to have a conversation with somebody who was from that world. Yeah. They are jerks, though. The two yeah, guys anyway. There'd probably be jerks and there would be a little smugness, I think, in my side of the conversation. Like, yeah. You primitive screwheads. Uh, yes. Yeah, we've solved all that. No, yeah. we don't do that anymore. Oh, yeah. You were really wrong about these things. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, let's get into concepts. It sounds like we already have. All right. What if you died, were frozen, maybe without consent, yeah. and woke up in space hundreds of years later? Whoa. Yeah. I mean, that's mind-blowing concept. Yeah. A concept that, that's again, huge. was so huge that it, I guess, triggered a graphic novel in me <laughs> yeah. you know so yeah years and decades later yeah so it's where do i go now now that i'm in a century i've got no knowledge of mm -hmm. everything's changed no one i knew is alive anymore she has to start with a distant descendant who looks like her husband or but, a guy has to adapt to a completely different societal makeup without power or money mm, how yeah. to find his place in it yeah there's a really interesting bit where he says at the end which is you know where's the challenge and he goes, the challenge is in bettering ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was a really great concept. Yeah. And it's kind of the ethos of Star Trek. You know, like, it's not about money. It's not about power. It's about just becoming the best person that you can be and figuring out what that means to you. Mm -hmm. You know, like, is it is the best person I could be being really smart, being really kind, being really uh, ingenious, coming up with new ideas and maybe brilliant art? Like, yeah. what are those things? What would make you the best you? And that's up for you to decide. And that's, man, that's some mind-blowing stuff, especially yeah. in the, the late 80s. I think that's really kind of an exciting idea. And I suppose you would have to, or maybe naturally would take into consideration what society needed or what the universe needed, not just what you wanted yeah. to do or would prefer. Yeah. And it's not about 
this whole idea of how to maximize the system to get more power mm -hmm. because you want to make sure you're going to be able to do the things you want to do in your life. But what if you can do the things you want to do already? You want a TV, you can have a TV, you want a nice house, you get a nice house. And you don't need to achieve status or money to yeah. do so. I mean, how would that change everything? Obviously, there still needs to be some kind of hierarchy. Well, obviously, it's very hierarchical in Starfleet. In Starfleet. Yes. But even on Earth, like, let's say there is like a holodeck place that you want to go to and hang out and do holodeck stuff. How How is it determined how much time you get in the holodeck? Mm. Is it just everybody gets a certain amount of time? Or if you do a certain job, can you get more time? Is there merits? There's got to yeah. be some kind of system. Yeah. Do you have to rely on everybody's fairness? Has that become how people operate? Doesn't seem that way from no. a lot of people that we've met. In but he does, well, he does say in this episode, which is really cool, where he uses the, the panel. Yeah. And Picard's like, why are you doing that? And he goes, well, if I shouldn't be using it, then. Why do you have an executive key? Yeah. And he goes, because we're all responsible adults and yeah. we don't do stuff we're not supposed to do. <laughs> yeah, like that. <laughs> Just trust one another. Yeah. So medicine has moved on so that they're all easily tweaked into peak condition from things that had kill them and do kill people mm. now. And that was wild. And it's willy-nilly. Yeah. And crazy how quickly she was able to do that. That obviously wasn't part of the story at all. No. <laughs> no. They're just like, we want these people to be alive, so let's... Yeah, we want to spend the whole episode on them. I wonder why they made the choice to have them be dead and then bring them back, as opposed to having them just be like in a deep sleep well, at least for Claire, it was, she didn't even know she died and yeah. she hadn't asked to be frozen. Like she had a, an aneurysm and was on death's door. Oh. And they're like, well, let's freeze her because we're not mm -hmm. going to be able to fix this. She's going to die like in 10 minutes. And so they freeze her. Yeah. But she's still technically alive. She's not dead. She's just in stasis. Yeah. They didn't dwell much on the bringing back from the dead aspect. Apart I guess, from Picard saying you should have just left them. Yeah. I guess it's not really it wasn't important. a big thing, was it, for them? To the story. We find out cryogenics was a fad. People lost their fear of death and no longer needed to preserve themselves, it seemed. Yeah. Their life had been longer than we can expect now and more fulfilling, I suppose. Mm. Healthier. Yeah. yeah. So we had these kind of stereotypical characters in a way, money and power hungry man to highlight the concept of a post-capitalist, post-power society. Mm -hmm. Although, of course, they do have a power structure on the ship mm. and people work their way up to becoming captain, for example. But maybe they... Maybe they're paid the same, not paid at all. Maybe yeah. there is no But I'm sure the captain's room is better than a crewman's room. Yeah. Crewmen probably even share rooms. It's a privilege. Yeah. I'm really curious. I know there's a book called The Economy of Star Trek. I've never gotten around to, to reading it, where they oh. talk about how things would work in a post-scarcity world and figuring out how these things work. Like, how big of a property do you get as a house or mm -hmm. on Earth? My kid grows up. What does he get? Does he just get his own little house? Does he get an apartment? How does he go from a, an apartment to a house? In the show, we find out Picard's family has a vineyard. All right. Why are they in control of a whole vineyard? And if they mm -hmm. make wine... Who's buying it? Who's or, buying, or how does that Or how is it work? distributed? Yeah. How are they compensated? I don't know. Huh. Well, if anyone knows a lot about this, let us know. Maybe we could have you on for a bit of bonus content or oh, on an boy, episode. Oh, yeah. That would be, be really interested to talk about that stuff. We had a lechy alcoholic druggie to highlight how civilized they are now. And although they were smug, they did manage to carry it off without being too smug. 
Yeah. I thought. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely was on Starfleet's side and on Picard's side for being angry with them. This Sonny thinks he's going to go down a storm with a new crowd. I could have done without his personality. It was laid on pretty thick. Yeah. And I'm also not keen on using accents, which they very rarely use in Star Trek, to make someone seem more uncultured and sleazy. People are already very prejudiced against strong regional accents already, aren't they? <laughs> I didn't get the impression he was sleazy. I just got the impression... Why? Squeezed her bum. That's inappropriate, obviously. But there's... Groomed data. There's a people... <laughs> there's, there's people that were brought up like that's fine. And that women behaved also that that was fine. And if she called him out, maybe he would say, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean anything by it. Or he would have, you know, been a jerk. I, I think the kind of character he was trying to convey was an easygoing fly by the seat of my pants hedonistic yeah yeah Yeah. he he adapted much better than anyone except that he was bored to the new life because he didn't really have any attachments to anybody yeah as long as he could party it was fine yeah he could make new friends why make him have such a strong southern accent though yeah i don't know like i I got the impression he was like a country western singer yeah which don't really work without the hat because they've all got their little <laughs> suits on for uh, cryo times. Yeah. The most shocking concept was TV died out in the 2040s. What? Oh, right. That I can't believe. Well, I mean, movies are kind of dying out right now. Mm. I don't know what kind of entertainment are they going to have, if not television. I wonder what they do for entertainment. Just this podcast, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. On top of all this... Throw in the Romulans are back. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. What more do you want? It's pretty awesome. I'm going to go uh, on concepts here. I'm giving it a 9 out of 10. Ooh, I've gone 8, but I kind of think it needs more. I want to say 10 out of 10, but I... We've got to have somewhere to I go. i got to have somewhere to go, yeah. Yeah, but all right. For, for me, conceptually, this obviously I, was somewhere in the back of my head when I wrote my graphic novel, so it, it was that huge of a concept that it inspired me to write, so... Yeah, I'll go 8.5. I was engaged throughout, enjoyed the pacing. Hannah Louise Shearer was at it again, writing a female <laughs> character with absolutely no character, uh-huh. except for being a wife and a mother. Yeah. She fainted to see Worf and cried, and that's about all mm. she did, but at least she was uh, representing the family-focused person. Mm-hmm. I'm glad Picard dressed that guy down a bit and had him ejected from the bridge because he really deserved it. Mm-hmm. It was funny that he was annoyed with Data for bringing them. Yeah. The Romulans look pretty cool, mm-hmm. although I wasn't really interested in that storyline as usual. That's okay. a common theme for me, but a really nice ending to the series. Something that we could have loved at the end of TOS, where it just kind of went... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's an ending to a season, isn't it? And it left me wanting more. <gasps> Gasp. Oh my goodness, I can't believe you've just said that. I know. So, uh, entertainment then? Seven and a half out of ten. Really? More, maybe? I think. Come on. I need to have somewhere to go. I don't know how good it's going to get. If, you know? it, if you if you want to watch more Star Trek, I'm saying that's definitely got to be an eight. Yeah, you're right. Because it, a... if I start really yeah. loving it at some point, we could always add could go up to 11 or 12. <laughs> <laughs> All right, eight. Eight. Yeah, I'm going to give it an eight as well. I thought it was really great. There were no heists or dances or anything, so no, no. be reasonable. One of the actors who played uh, the Romulan actually becomes one of the main characters on Deep Space Nine. He also played the wolf boy that ate the lizard guy. All right. 
and he kind of keeps popping up as different characters, aliens specifically, because they do that a lot in Star Trek. Yeah, well, if you like them, bring them back. Absolutely. So sexiness. Bev getting patted on the bum and not kicking his ass. Not good. No. That character in general, Sonny. Blech. The teeth, the hair, <laughs> the grooming of data. <laughs> all bad. Troy was in it. She looks great. She uh-huh. always brings it. Picard was charming. Yeah. I can see it. I'm starting to see it now. Yeah. I'm looking forward to Riker's beard. Mm. But I can't give it any more than two out of five. I I didn't have as strong a negative reaction as you did, so I'm going to give it 2.5. Stupid experts. Not bad, really. Except letting that defrosted jerk boss them around more than they needed to. Yeah, well, I think they were just trying to be nice because that dude was in for a bunch of sadness. <laughs> and they <laughs> knew it. Yeah, <laughs> and like, they are nice. You know, that guy is going to be really bummed out when everything that he's worked for his entire life is going to be meaningless. Yeah. <laughs> but so, Bev, as usual, just quietly behind the scenes, yeah. she brings people back from the dead and cures everything that killed them. <laughs> I mean, that's ridiculous. She's pretty awesome. They managed to negotiate with the Romulans without firing on them and getting fired. Yeah. Yeah. On. They try and shepherd these a-holes and... A woman through this as best they can. I I feel like Troy should have been on the bridge with the Romulan negotiations. Of course. Although she never really. I mean, all she'd say is, they're not holding something back. I mean, (laughs) that would have been helpful, I suppose. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They're being honest. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Which is what the poker playing D-ball said. Yeah. So, to be fair, one out of five. Sure. I mean, maybe zero out of five. Maybe zero. Yeah, I would say zero. I don't think anybody did anything wrong in this episode. Well done. Your guesses. Oh, my guesses. Oh, zero. Oh, okay. Nil point. Terrible. But I didn't have much to go on. Yeah. Let's take some patrons. Let's do it. I'd like to thank Lieutenant Mark McLaughlin. Yeah, welcome. And welcome Ensign Jason Ralph. We've got some three-year anniversaries. We'd like to shout out to Richard Wolf. Ah, Richard. Sludge Crawler. David Wetzel. Hey, David. Phil Groff. Doug McCool. Yeah. Stephen Lemieux. James Cundart. Julia de Cesare. And Alison Scott. Ah, you guys are great. Thanks so much for being with us for three years. Happy anniversary. Some of you we've seen loads on comments and in the Patreon hang. Others we haven't heard from for a little while. So I hope you're enjoying it. Comment if you'd like to. Just keep listening if you'd like to. All that matters is you're still with us and we love you for it. And thanks. Thank you so much. More three-year anniversaries coming up next time. So all of our patrons, hang tight. You're going to get a bonus season wrap-up episode with special guest Rafe Ball. Woohoo! Okay, well, let's see what we're going to have for our next episode. A little preview for it. All right, I'll pop out. Everybody, you're not going to believe this, but we've decided instead of starting the second season of next gen we are going to black alert black alert black hey, alert what's happening the lights just went out <laughs> chris it's a black alert it's a what a black alert i know you don't know what that is but you're gonna find out in discovery star trek discovery so we're doing a little bit of a format change only slightly Once a month, first week of the month, we are going to cover an episode of Star Trek Discovery, and then we're going to do three episodes of Next Gen afterwards. So we're going to mix the two in together. Rachie wants some modernity. 
Yes, and she's going to get it because she deserves it. <laughs> oh, thank you. And and of course, it's a prequel to TOS, so no spoilers. No spoilers. Nothing at all. <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> maybe a few spoilers, but you won't know the spoilers until, okay. until after the fact. So uh, join us. And if you've got any friends who like Discovery but haven't been listening to this show yet, let them know. Yeah. Maybe they'll join us. This is the time to do it. With that, I'm Rachel Lackey. And I'm Chris Lackey. And you've been listening to Rachel Watches Star Trek. Star Trek!